This podcast contains advice that should never be followed, spoilers you'll wish you hadn't heard, and language you wouldn't teach to children. When life gets you down, your car just won't start. Agony R. It's time for Agony R. If you've reached a dead end, you're not sure what to do. Agony R. Well, Agony R is for you. At times life is grand, you've got the world in your hands. Then somehow you drop that ball. Drop that ball. Instead of watching it fall, give Agony R a call. Welcome to Agony Art, the Agony Art podcast in which we try to solve your problems using the great art of our age. And when we inevitably fail to solve those problems, at least you're left with a fun listening, reading and watching list that you can enjoy in your spare time. I'm Liam, the chief music man here at Agony Art, and I'm joined today, as always, by Aaron, our burrowing bookworm, and Carl, our (laughs) cinematic fanatic. (laughs) <laughs> oh, very nice. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I was impressed by Liam's uh, ad-libbing there. It was pretty good. It was a lot li- slower than usual because he's yeah. ad-libbing and trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, we normally use a script... Oh, am I revealing too much? You are. The, is listeners, this for the... the listeners don't want scripts. This is what I've been trying to tell you guys. <laughs> You've doxed us. They want natural bants. Is this... We should have saved that for the behind-the-scenes documentary, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. Big reveal. We use scripts. <laughs> but today, Liam didn't. He. Uh... Yeah, I, I ad-libbed, by which I mean I did the script from memory. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've been thinking. And we've been doing this a while now. Over the Over the years. How many years has it been? It's not even our one-year anniversary yet. We're, We're on, on series, series two. Yeah. <laughs> How many series have we done? Oh, one. <laughs> Over the months, I, I've picked up some pro tips from fellow podcasters who I won't name because they'd like to remain anonymous. They'd like to remain anonymous. They don't want to be associated with us in any way. And one of them, I think we should start start doing before each show and it's about loosening up those lips and oh, really lips. getting into the groove you can tell i need to do it because i couldn't even say i was going to say yeah. yeah so what it is it's a word association game okay and it not only does it loosen up when you say a word association game do you mean the, the word the, association yeah. game? <laughs> the only one that there is yeah <laughs> so as well as loosening up the lips it also loosens the mind man so so i'll make a start and we'll just go around in a, in a circle now mouse House. That's not. A... <laughs> You're out. No, no. You oh, they they you live in houses. You can't challenge. I can it's challenge. Not, it's not a competition. Why? <laughs> can't believe we only got two words in. You got. You got to go quick. All right. How are we going right. to loosen up our vocal cords? <laughs> You're just confusing <laughs> me. Can't even get three words that's just, in. That's, that just rhymes. <laughs> that's fine. It's an association. <laughs> All right. The National Rhyming Association. <laughs> All right. Shall I go from house? Yep. I was going to say mouse. <laughs> I think I think we did well there. Yeah. I, it's I, loosened up my vocal cords. I feel more stressed, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I feel hotter than I've ever felt. <laughs> right, so now that we're loosened up. So before we begin today, I'd like to start, as always, by just making it crystal clear that we're not actually here to solve any of your problems. We're not qualified in any way to solve any problems at all. So if you really do need help, don't listen to us, but do go to our website. We've provided some links to people who can help you. That's agonyartpodcast.com. 
So, let's get on with the show. Problem one this week. I am never happy just doing what I'm doing. When I'm spending time working, I can't focus because I wish I was spending that time on my hobbies. And when I'm supposed to be enjoying one of my hobbies, I can't focus because I'm thinking about how much work I'm going to have to do next time I go in. In the end, I get nothing done either way. So I'm not giving my hobbies or my work the attention they need. How do other people focus on what they're doing and get the most out of work and play? You even ad-libbed the problem. (laughs) (laughs) So who can think of a name for our unsatisfied pickle? Mm. (laughs) Who's never satisfied? Uh, That bloke from Hamilton. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Aaron Burr. No, Alexander Hamilton. He's never satisfied. Alexander Burr. (laughs) (laughs) let's just call him alex (laughs) well since since we've already mentioned hamilton maybe i'll go first because there's a there's a little bit of crossover here but first the first thing that struck me about this um i probably shouldn't have mentioned satisfaction so soon because you can't get no it triggered the same brainwave in both of you that it did for me and so it's not gonna be a surprise for anyone now but rolling stones one nil (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah it it sounds like you just can't get no satisfaction that's what i was going to say it's going to be really clever everyone would have laughed but no you've ruined it then. or are you talking about the rolling stones version or are you talking about the better version the version that everyone knows and that probably made the song famous the britney spears version did not know there was a britney spears version <laughs> on her i think it was on her first album baby one more time is it good uh no <laughs> <laughs> i mean Mick Jagger's lyrics, they don't really offer much help on how to get satisfaction. He basically just moans about it. Um, most of the time he's moaning about how he can't get any girls to sleep with him, which is probably a bit a bit weird for, for nowadays. And but. probably untrue. I bet he was getting a lot of girls to sleep with him when he was at his height. Yeah. How tall is he? <laughs> when, he's, <laughs> when he's standing up, I bet a lot of girls sleep with him. But when he's, he's sitting quite down... He's I think, actually. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I should have looked it up. He's um, got their moves like Jagger as well, so... He does, but Jagger's moves, they're not really moves you want, are they? <laughs> Have you seen him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know who Mick Jagger is, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did find one fun fact about this song before we move on, and that's apparently, I'll say apparently, you might, you might think I'm being a little bit sceptical here, I'll let you make your own minds up. Keith Richards reckons he wrote Satisfaction in his sleep. A load of fucking shit. <laughs> he says yeah, he had no idea he'd written it. And when he woke up, he realised something had been recorded and he listened to it and there was two minutes of satisfaction followed by 40 minutes of him snoring. What a load of shit. (laughs) But it does remind me of um, uh, Steve Tyler was so fucked up on drugs during a lot of their career, uh, Aerosmith career, by the way, fans, (laughs) (laughs) that at one point they were listening to the radio and he said, this song is fantastic. We should do a cover of this. And the rest of the band were like, this is us. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> what song was it? What was, what was, I don't is, know. I think it was um, is fantastic. Can't Get No Satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing about that fact as well is that the location it happened in changes, seems to change every time he tells it. So sometimes it happens in Florida. Sometimes it's a hotel in Chelsea. Sometimes it's his home in St. John's Wood. So, you know. It seems like they were like, yeah, this would be a good story, but they didn't quite agree on the details. Yeah. So. Mm. Sounds like it was in bullshit town. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, Rolling Stones won't help. Maybe you won't get any satisfaction. But who's to say that is such a bad thing? Alex, you already know what I'm about to tell you because you lived through it. Oh, it's, is it Hamilton? It is Hamilton. I'm talking about Hamilton. I've done Hamilton once, but that was in series one. So I'm thinking <laughs> I can do one one reference per series and get away with it. Yeah, yeah. So do we? Are we going to have a debate about um, Great Showman being better than Hamilton today? <laughs> There's no debate, surely. There's always a debate. <laughs> never, never. Getting, Getting back, back together, together. <laughs> with Hamilton. <laughs> so, so in Hamilton, during a winter's ball. Hamilton meets his wife, Eliza, for the first time. And it's Eliza and Peggy. <laughs> no one likes Peggy. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's love at first sight, if the show's anything to go by. You know, they're married within a month, apparently. One week later, they're writing letters. Two weeks later, he's asking for a hand in marriage. Then they get married. It's because he's, um, he's got the skills, though, hasn't he? When he meets her, he's like, if it takes a war for us to have met, it will have been worth it. Yeah. What a lad. She's like <laughs> She was like, Yeah, sod those thousands and thousands of people dying. <laughs> You're right, it's totally worth it. Fuck the British and then fuck me. <laughs> um Yeah, so it's a match made in heaven, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh oh. Well, here's the thing. We learn immediately after we learn about that. That before they met, he first met her sister, Angelica. And Peggy. <laughs> Angelica! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the two have quite a flirty exchange. I'm telling you this like you don't know. You've both seen Hamilton. You probably remember it. In which he says to her, you strike me as a woman who's never been satisfied. Which, Sir, I don't know what you mean. You forget yourself. You're like me. I'm never satisfied. And, you know, he's, he's definitely... Not of innuendo going on there, isn't here, it? Isn't yeah. And we learn that one of the only reasons he ends up marrying Eliza is because Angelica realises she's expected to marry Rich, and he ain't got any money. Who's Rich? <laughs> Rich uh, Washington. He's George's brother. <laughs> <laughs> and throughout the rest of their lives, there continues to be this attraction and love between the two that can never be, and it's all very, you know, like ironic and. A little bit heartbreaking, but also wrong because he's married to her sister. Um, and at the end of the song, which is called Satisfied, I don't know if I mentioned that, Angelica sings, I know she'll be happy as his bride, and I know he will never be satisfied. I will never be satisfied. And is this the one um, that they wrote letters to each other, and there's like rumours of they had an affair throughout in, in real life? In real life, yeah. 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 But I was just about to talk about the inaccuracy of Hamilton. Okay, go um, ahead. That she... He was satisfied all along. <laughs> <laughs> he was, according to Wikipedia, he was always satisfied. Oh so. my God. <laughs> you totally destroyed my point. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't it. It was... Um, <laughs> yeah, it is the Wikipedia page, so I do apologise that I haven't done proper research on this, but I didn't even know you were going to mention this. This is real stuff. research. This is but, why. <laughs> this is, to be fair, this is, according to my university <laughs> career, and this was real research, um, she says, I'm a girl in a world in which my only job is to marry rich in the song. Who the fuck but, is rich? <laughs> <laughs> but Philip Schuyler had 14 children. Um, including two sons who reached adulthood. So 
you know, she wasn't under any pressure really because he already had sons that were going to carry on his name and yeah. legacy and stuff. Um, yeah, but Rich was really persistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also something like, um, yeah, she was married to John Baker Church three years before she met Hamilton in real life. And she was already a mother of two of her eight children with church. So she wasn't actually like single and ready to mingle like they kind of depict it. Mm. But you've got to have a bit of dramatic license in these things because it adds to the... Can you imagine how dry it would be if it was like... Completely historically accurate. (laughs) And in real time. You have to watch it over the course of about 40 years. Even Lincoln, the film, is like has a bit of play with the drama. Mm. But it's very wordy. It's quite dry, that film. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I fucking love it. Yeah, like, it was very good. I've but watched I don't it about think, five times. I don't think my wife would enjoy it. It's a bit no, too dry for no, me. No, my wife fell asleep. But, <laughs> but yeah, you can't... Um... So anyway, whether it's true or not, this idea of Hamilton never being satisfied becomes a core theme of the show. And while it might seem that that's a bad thing, it, it actually drives him to do great things. You know, he goes from being an orphan to being George Washington's right-hand man to leading armies in the war for independence, to founding and championing some of the oldest institutions of America that are still around today, like... Walmart, Wendy's, (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts. I was going to say the bank. No. Uh, What bank? Well, all the banks. The the financial system. Oh, you mean what Alexander Hamilton did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did loads of shit, didn't he? Weren't you paying attention? (laughs) (laughs) He spoke really fast, to be fair. (laughs) He built Disneyland. (laughs) Wow. Paris. And... I think this is the positive lesson to take. You too can build Disneyland Paris. No. You too. You too. We'll get, we'll get on to them later. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think, you know, this is a positive lesson to take from Hammond. Dissatisfaction, it's not necessarily a problem. It could be an opportunity. And if you understand, if you can understand what it is about your life that leaves you dissatisfied and work to change it, then you too might one day get your face on a $10 bill. Mm. Oh, nice. Did you think the 20-minute time limit was just for you? <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, do you think that anyone really can make enough impacts to get their face on paper money anymore? Because I think paper it, money's on its way out, it really. It would probably it? take like, yeah. a huge event of some sort. Like, Well, who who we got recently? We've got Pankhurst, Churchill, Turing. These are one of the latest notes, aren't they? Mm. And they're pretty... You know, they did a lot of things, didn't they? Mm. Giants of history. We'll work on it. Yeah. Do you reckon we could get, like, we could share one, us yeah, just, three? Yeah, just hug him, yeah. <laughs> what, because of agony art? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Services to podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we could get MBEs. Should we just actually write our, our aim? MBEs. Yeah. Or MBEs. MBEs. I don't know what difference is. MBEs before the end of 2022. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably gonna have to stop the podcast. <laughs> Do something more noble. <laughs> that that was my take anyway. So uh, I think it's interesting that you mention satisfaction, Liam. That's my. That's kind of what I approach this problem thinking about as well. And what I thought when I was looking at the problem was that this person has got so many hobbies. Obviously, like Liam. Oh. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> And with hobbies, <laughs> <laughs> Carl's got a furball. Because <laughs> Alex has got so many hobbies, like Liam has, and he's got his job as well. He's, I think, he might, you might be paralysed by choice, Alex, over what to do next. Whenever you choose something, you just think, "Why didn't I do that instead?" And analysis paralysis. 
Yeah. It's a fair. buzzphrase in business, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. And I watched a TED talk exactly about that, Liam. Did he actually? didn't call it analysis paralysis. It's the paradox of choice. Um, and just on a side thing, do either of you watch TED talks much on YouTube? I've watched one or two, but not regularly. Oh, I fall down a little TED talk hole sometimes. Like I watch one that I think, oh, that looks interesting. And then because it's fucking YouTube, it wants you to <laughs> stay there for hours. It suggests another one to you. And you'll go, yeah, I'll watch that one as well. Why not? <laughs> Four days of fast. <laughs> <laughs> My beard's grown up, covered in piss and shit. <laughs> Watching a TED talk about how to maintain your own personal hygiene. Going, yeah, I'll try that after this. <laughs> just, just one more. <laughs> I'll watch one more and then I'll have a wash. <laughs> yeah, and the one that I watched was by Barry Schwartz. It was a TED Talk from 2007, so it all looked very grainy. And They've been going on a while then, haven't they? Yeah, like, they long time. feel like a recent thing. That, like... And they even have um, little offshoots now, TEDx Talks. Who's have you Ted? watched any of them? Is it TED an acronym? It's TED, the teddy bear from the films. <laughs> what films? <laughs> Winnie? Winnie the Pooh? No, TED. Oh, TED. <laughs> <laughs> but the films came out after the talks. Did he, yeah, he invented yeah. them and then they made the biopic about Ted. <laughs> yeah, how he thought of them. <laughs> um, yeah, so I stumbled across this one. And this Barry Schwartz guy wrote a book called The Paradox of Choice. And according to the Wikipedia summary, which says this a lot um, more succinctly than I ever could, the book demonstrates how the dramatic explosion in choice from the mundane to the profound challenges of balancing career, family and individual needs has paradoxically become a problem instead of a solution and how our obsession with choice encourages us to seek that which makes us feel worse. In other words, he thinks, this guy, Barry Schwartz, that in the modern world we've now got too much choice. We've got too much to choose from and it actually makes us sad rather than happy because no matter what we choose, we're always left wondering what it would have been like if we'd have chosen the other thing. Yeah. We're always thinking, what did I miss out on by choosing this? Mm. It's like when you go for steak, thinking it's safe, and you think, oh, but that macaroni and cheese is good. Exactly. Well, I always have a mac and cheese side <laughs> yeah. with my steak, but... <laughs> That's one way of doing it. Yeah. The logical conclusion, then, is that you just got to be brutal and say, I'm doing this and only this and cut out everything else. Well, an example that he gives in the book is a study by Sheena... Iyengar and Mark Lepper, which showed that people were more satisfied with the taste of jam if they were given a smaller choice of jams to choose from, basically, rather than a large choice. The point being, if our choices were limited forcefully by someone else, mm. <laughs> then we would feel happier, basically, because, yeah, we haven't got as much choice, and choice is vital to freedom. So, you know... It makes a lot of sense. So, say, you, say you're going to M&S and you're looking at the sandwich section and you've got hundreds. So, sometimes I stand there looking like, what the fuck do I want? <laughs> but if I had ham and cheese or just cheese, I'd be like, oh, ham and cheese, that's a little bit more interesting than just cheese. I'd be very satisfied with my choice of the two, you know? Exactly, see? Mm. So, yeah, he talks about strategies for addressing the problem and his TED Talk is actually quite entertaining as well because he's quite a charismatic guy and he's a bit eccentric, if I remember rightly. I did watch this months ago. But... The point that I bring this up for is that I don't think you need a strategy, Alex. You don't need to, you know, come up with a way to not have FOMO when you choose one of these things. I think that you're looking at it the wrong way and this isn't actually a choice. Like when you're at work, the choice has been made for you. You're at work and you've 
basically got to focus on your work because if you don't, you won't get paid and you won't be able to pay your rent or your mortgage or whatever. So while you're there, you can't exactly regret not choosing to do one of your hobbies. And when you've got free time, I would say the choice has been made for you then as well. You shouldn't be thinking about your work because fuck that shit. You're not being paid to be there. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Fuck that shit. So I would say just, you know, don't give them free hours. Do your hobbies and focus on it and maybe read this book and realize the mistake you're making. Hmm. I agree with you. I'm going along that vein with um, my uh, example. 1989, The Karate Kid 3, directed by John G. Alvidson. Have we both seen Karate Kid 3? All seen it? I haven't seen any of the Karate Kid. Karate Kids. Kid 3, wasn't that a different kid? No, that's 4. It's oh, okay. Swank. I've, I've definitely seen 1 and 2. And I don't remember Karate three. Kid Reboot with Jackie Chan is Jaden Smith, yeah, isn't I it? That yeah, one, yeah. Which is had, good, had good that on Blu-ray, never watched it. True it's story. good in its own right as <laughs> well. Jaden Smith, as in Will Smith's son. Mm. It's quite a good film. You know the thing about the, uh, the Smith children, don't you? They're all the Smiths. The son's named after the mum. Jaden yeah. after Jada. And the daughter's named after the Willow dad. after Will. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm. I've put my hair back and forth. So I'm going to call my daughter Liamette. And Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in Karate Kid 3, you must know like the premise of Karate Kid, right? He puts the wax on and he takes the wax off. Yeah. He puts exactly. the lotion on its skin. Or else it gets the hose again. Exactly, yeah. And he doesn't put baby in the corner. <laughs> but he does have the time of his life. <laughs> You're really upsetting me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he shall not pass. <laughs> so, um, in backstory, Karate Kid 1, Daniel LaRusso moves to a new town, gets bullied, and um, a mysterious karate master called Mr. Miyagi saves him from the bullies. And it says, I'll teach you karate, which is about defense. It's not about attack, it's about defense. Um, and in teaching karate, he basically gets Daniel to do a load of DIY at his house. So hence, <laughs> paint the fence, paint the house, wax on, wax off, he's waxing the cars. And um, unbeknownst to Daniel, we actually doing those things actually made him a black belt in karate. Because when Mr. Miyagi goes to attack him, he uses these things like wax on, I'm waving my hands about here, wax on, <laughs> wax off, paint the fence. No. Oh, yeah. So it's teaching karate by muscle memory, essentially. Is that factually accurate? Um, it happened, yeah. <laughs> and it happens all the time as well. I was bathing the other day and I accidentally got my paddy scuba diving qualification. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in Karate Kid 1, I always felt sorry for the antagonist because he's painted in a really bad light, but actually mm. he's really forced into it by Johnny. the... Johnny, yeah. Yeah, by the... Yeah, other guy. Can, yeah, and you get that, and they all show him respect at the end. The Cobra Kai kids, and Cobra Kai is a great series on Netflix, by the way. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, have you seen? Have you watched it? Oh, no. it's amazing, honestly. Um, so anyway, so Daniel then goes to wins the All Valley Karate Tournament. Um, karate Kid Two takes place in Okinawa, and is like kind of a standalone piece. Doesn't really continue the story. Uh, loads of things about bonsai trees and that. Anyway, they come back from Okinawa in Karate Kid Three. Start. A bonsai tree shop mm. um, and then the big question about what Daniel should do is should he compete in the All Valley Tournament and defend his title there's a new kid on the block Mike Barnes who's um, he's very aggressive and he's known as Karate's bad boy <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, it's really funny he's kind of trained by the big bad Terry Silver who's a toxic waste tycoon 
Like he's really bad. He deals in toxic waste. <laughs> <laughs> those sweets, those super sour sweets. Yeah, he sells about hundreds. <laughs> yeah. So. Miss Miyagi is saying to Daniel, don't fight. You proved something in the tournament. You fought your bullies off. You won the tournament. You don't get bullied anymore. Daniel's like, yeah, but I kind of want to defend my title. Miss Miyagi's like, well, I won't train you. So um, Daniel goes to Terry Silver, who's acting like he's nice, but he's actually like trying to sabotage him. But in the end, Miss Miyagi does train him. They go to the All Valley Tournament. He gets to the final versus Mike Barnes. And Daniel's taking a beating. So um, I've got a little bit of script here. Does anyone want to help me out with it? Enter Miss Miyagi and... Enter! <laughs> into the dragon <laughs> so it says in the script it says after three minutes of devastating wallops taken from Barnes at the All Valley Karate Tournament Daniel was slumped on the match clutching his side when Miyagi rushes up um, every now and again Aaron can you come in saying you're karate shit okay that's what Mike Barnes does while they're having this chat alright okay Miss Miyagi you're karate shit Daniel-san Daniel-san Mr. Miyagi it's over it's over forget about it no, no! I'm afraid. Let's just get out of here. I want to go home. You karate no. shit! <laughs> no, cannot. Cannot. Must not. It's okay to lose to opponent. Must not lose to fear. Yeah, well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of him, all right? What do you want me to do? Hey! <laughs> you stay focused, Daniel-san. Your best karate still inside you. Now time to let out. Exit scene. Finn. You karate shit! <laughs> <laughs> so very I point- think Aaron upstage just a bit there he did didn't he yeah, he was great as Mike Barnes a bad boy karate um, <laughs> I felt bad <laughs> I just I put myself in the shoes of a bad boy yeah. <laughs> karate bad boy <laughs> um, so yeah it's an iconic scene for me who's watched this film a lot so I've not actually seen the film did I sound anything like Daniel you did yeah like he's arriving yeah it's good um, so Mr Miyagi inspires Daniel he says you stay focused then he gets up and he performs a kata, which is a, a pattern. Like uh, when they, well, you do karate, but you're not actually fighting. It's a bit weird. I don't know how it helps, but. Is it like Lei Wulong? Yeah, basically. Tekken. <laughs> yeah, from Tekken. Um, so he does it. So his kata or pattern, it confuses Mike Bynes. Like, what the fuck's he doing? And then he beats him and My wins. My karate shit! <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel wins. So he had to stay focused on the karate. And when he stayed focused, his best karate came out of him. Mm. Um, as Miss Miyagi said so what I'm trying to say <laughs> after all this yeah. another 20 minutes have passed <laughs> is that if you focus on your work at work you won't need to be unfocused on your hobbies when you're doing hobbies because you would have done your work you would have got done stop fucking about essentially work when you're working play when you're playing stay focused Danielson mm. who directed this film? Uh, John G. Alvinson did you know an interesting fact about that? That no. he actually directed it in his sleep and he <laughs> he woke up and there was all of Karate Kid 3 and then 40 minutes of him snoring <laughs> well yeah they had to cut the snoring and just put credits but <laughs> it was just made it was already made yeah. that's incredible can you help me with my problem I think that it might be a long shot My problem is you see that no one Believes that I am not a robot Executing procedure, problem solving Let's move on to problem two I think my friend's husband might be cheating on her I've never really trusted him anyway 
But recently I passed a restaurant where I could swear I saw him sitting with another woman, having a very cosy looking meal. Should I tell my friend or stay out of it? Mm. You've already done that, Whitney. It's not right, haven't you? But it's okay. Yeah. You've done that before, haven't you? I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would have been a that. good one, yeah. Uh, well, let's call this person Whitney then. Okay, Whit. 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 Witters. Witters. <laughs> this is this is quite a quite a non-trivial problem, isn't it? Have you, have any, either of you ever had this come up in your lives? Ooh, no, no. About what? Have I ever stumbled across someone else cheating? Have you ever thought that you found out something that your one of your friends wouldn't like, and you felt like you needed to tell them, but you wasn't sure whether you should or not? Uh, it's quite specific <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I don't think I have the mm. problem is I think uh, probably for all three of us none of us are observant enough <laughs> no, <laughs> like really we, not, yeah. we might stumble across things that mm. are you know big yeah. news and just go oh. <laughs> I've got peanuts in the cupboard <laughs> I'm going to eat some of them <laughs> yeah I'd have to like literally catch them in the act and then like process it for a good <laughs> three weeks later <gasps> When oh, already... when we're in the nib. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we do a little um, pop quiz, asshole? Go for it. We're going to make this segment pop quiz, asshole. I yeah. like it. Yeah, regular pop quiz, assholes. Yeah, I'm going to try and come up with a pop quiz, asshole every episode. Every episode, I like it. Let's go. Um, is it? Is it? Is it competitive? Do we know where <laughs> pop quiz, asshole comes from? It comes from uh, a Keanu Reeves film. I'm going to say Speed Two. Speed one. Yes. (laughs) I saw Carl react well to you saying speed, and then his face dropped when you said two. So I was like. (laughs) Um, So the pop quiz asshole this week is about um, Hollywood stars, intermixed with some others, who have cheated on their famous lovers, or sometimes not so famous. Famous cheaters. Famous cheaters. I did, um, when I was um, researching this, I Googled um, Hollywood love rats. And got loads of articles about why do Hollywood love rats? Like, is like Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> Ratatouille is such a good film, though. Know, but, why wouldn't you love that? But is there a lot of rat films? I don't know. That's the only one I can name. Mouse Hunt is a mouse. The rat pack? They're not really rats. No. Yeah. There's a rat in. Um, oh, there's a rat in um, the Suicide Squad, the latest one. Oh. That's quite the rat in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Splinter. Splinter. And there's a rat in um, the. Uh, in my kitchen. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> There's a rat in um uh Oh the Departed. Yeah, the Departed. There's a lot of rats in that. <laughs> yeah. It's about rats, really. Yeah. Hollywood is obsessed with rats, it seems, yeah. <laughs> Why is Hollywood obsessed with rats? <laughs> <laughs> so um right, it's number one. Should we go uh we buzzer in? Yeah, we're yeah, buzz right. buzzering. Yeah. Alright. Okay, so what's your buzzer? Beep. Okay. So you've got you get a point for the person they cheated on and the person they cheated with. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Right. Question one. Brad Pitt cheated on Angelina Jolie. Beep. Beep. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, we're going to have to leave him who played correctly. <laughs> he cheated on Angelina Jolie with with Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Aaron? Cheated on Jennifer Aniston with Angelina Jolie. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Two voices are Aaron. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher. Aaron? Cheated on Demi Moore hmm. with uh, Myla Kunis? With admin assistant Sarah Leal. Oh, so I you probably wouldn't go point, there. No, you get one point for Demi Moore. Oh, it's a double point thing, is it? Yeah, the 3 0. <laughs> oh, so, so you might as well just buzz in. Oh, you should, you should hand it over, though. 
Otherwise, you can just buzz in if you're. Would you got Sarah Lou admin assistant though? No, no, obviously <laughs> okay. not. But, uh, just for future. For future, <laughs> okay. I want those fucking points, Carl. <laughs> um, because otherwise, I could just buzz in and Aaron would get no points, okay. even if I didn't okay. get any points. Uh, John F. Kennedy, JFK. Beep. Yep. Cheated on Jackie Kennedy. Yeah. With. <laughs> no idea. With <laughs> a Kennedy <laughs> sausage. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the most famous affair in history. Yeah, Monica what? Lewinsky. <laughs> Hang on, it wasn't Jackie Onassis, was it? No, that is Jackie Kennedy, right? Mm, pass. <laughs> Am I playing Jackie now? Stewart? <laughs> JFK cheated on his wife Jackie Kennedy with Marilyn Monroe. Oh. Is that true? Well, I was going to say actually, I should have caveated this with this is what's been reported in like mass media. Okay, allegedly, I don't know whether they're actually all true, but this yeah. is widely known. Other affairs are available. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Billy Bob Thornton. I know who he is, but I don't know of any relationships he's had. Do I get a point if I say he cheated on his wife? (laughs) No. (laughs) He cheated on one person with another. So he cheated on Laura Dern. Oh, yeah. From Jurassic Park. With... Were they married? Angie Jolie. From Tomb Raider. Yeah, of two married fame. So she's she's appeared twice in the pub quiz yeah. asshole this week. Yeah, uh, was she the other woman both yeah. times as mm-hmm. well? Oh my god! So in that situation, Laura Dern was off filming a film, as you film you film films. Was it um, Jurassic Park? I can't remember. No, it wasn't. I don't think it might have been, but no, I don't know. <laughs> was it the Last Jedi? Well, she wasn't in many, was she? But um, <laughs> and while she was away, in the two months she's away, Billy Bob Thornton married Angelina Jolie. Married? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's more than just cheating, isn't it? It's yeah. like, by the way, I'm married. She come back and she, he was like, yeah, I married this woman while you're away, basically. <laughs> you want to hear about the weekend I've had. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, your bags are packed. Um, Kelly Brook. No. no this, is, this, this one riles my wife up. <laughs> yeah. She cheated on Jason Statham for Billy Zane, the posh guy in Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> is it because your wife loves Jason Statham? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck would you do that for? <laughs> <laughs> he knows Kung Fu. He's in Snatch. So does um, Keanu Reeves. And, he does. And I, know, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Daniel Sam. Yeah. Um, um, bonus point. Your wife would love Jason Statham to be in Snatch, wouldn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not keeping that in. It's <laughs> a good one, though. Uh, bonus point, Prince Charles. Oh. oh, I think Aaron got it. <laughs> Cheated on Diana Spencer hmm. with um, Camilla Parker Bowles. Yes. Oh, that was my chance to win. <laughs> so I forgot to count the scores. So one, two, three for Aaron. Aaron wins. Aaron wins. That's a good jingle. Yeah. Okay, so uh, moving on to my point. <laughs> what's my point cheating happens all the time yeah. <laughs> get over it well you could use that to say like a lot of these people have landed on their feet pretty like you know I don't condone cheating one bit but like Brad Pitt is people love him idolise him still even though he's a cheater shouldn't but, you be focusing on the victims rather than the yeah what happened to the victims that's a good point actually um, Jennifer Aniston just make your original point we've led you down a path now <laughs> you we? have yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well my point comes it's a little bit bit off the wall so 2014's Gone Girl directed by David Fincher very uh, good film good film isn't it it's, it's Rosamund Pike yes and uh, Ben Affleck yes Affleck I wrote down I've not seen it Neil Patrick Harris yeah he plays Desi Desi Lynam <laughs> 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 <Pick and start. laughs> um, 
Yeah, David Fincher is a great director. I think I like yeah, everything he's fantastic. done. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking um, Zodiac Prisoners Fight, Fight Club. Club. Yeah. The Social Network. Yeah. What a great guy. Uh, Mind Hunter, the series on Netflix. Yeah. Great series. I think he only directed the first couple of episodes, Did didn't he? he? But he's got his. He's yeah. got his um, fingerprints tone, isn't all over him. His DNA's in it. Mm. So Rosamund Pike plays Amy. Otherwise known as Amazing Amy. She like uh, got children's books written about her. So she's like the perfect girl growing up but like, I think the books went to like she was a teenager like it was following her life almost so she's known throughout the country and then uh, she's married to Nick played by Ben Affleck uh, their marriage is on the rocks as they lose their jobs and move to Missouri where um, Ben Affleck or Nick's family live and looking after his mum and they have financial difficulties so things are not great um, Nick's a teacher begins an affair with one of his students played by um, Emily Ratchetowski I think her name is oh yeah 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 from the uh, Blurred Lines video. Yeah, of Blurred Lines fame. And, um, I was about to say that's ironic, but is it ironic? Not really. No. You've misunderstood the meaning of ironic anyway. Ironic is like rain on your wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> or win the lottery and then die the next day. Yeah. yeah. It's a free ride when you've already paid. Yeah. Yeah. That's just you being a mug, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when Amy finds out about the affair, she takes quite savage revenge. Or, and it's a very long-winded plan. Um, mm. So she wants to frame Nick for her murder. So she creates evidence of a struggle in the house, splashes her blood everywhere, and then haphazardly cleans it up and then disappears completely. So it looks like she's been killed. And Nick's a bit of an arsehole, and mm. he looks like he doesn't care. So everyone is against him straight away, thinking he definitely murdered her. And there's blood everywhere. So he gets arrested for murder, essentially. In the build-up to this, she's been confiding in a neighbour about the abuse that Nick's been... Um, mm, she's gone She's gone a long way to set this up. She, she really has, yeah. So she makes up <laughs> stories about Nick, which she tells her neighbour, and she's like, she uses his neighbour as like, I really need a friend, like I'm I'm in a really bad situation. So the neighbour obviously backs up her story, mm. and then she writes in her diary, makes up stuff, uh, kind of sprinkled with real things that happen. So when the police verify the things in the diary... They find things that were true, so obviously assume that his abuse is true as well. She steals a pregnant woman's urine to pretend that she was pregnant at the time, so Nick would be tried for double murder, which would result in his execution if he's found guilty. Um, Justified response, Yeah, all in all. (laughs) So, you know, there are avenues you can take, you know. Well, what I would do... (laughs) Help your friend start planning this. I would exercise caution in that know what your friend is like and if she, her response needs to be measured so you need to know how she's going to react before you tell her I think she should know if her husband's cheating on her but you also don't know what the husband's doing so maybe you confront him first mm. sound him out but you don't want to end up your friend going down this road I've also yeah. assumed oh it's her husband yeah but it might be a, it's kind um, of like a um, word of caution is what you're saying yeah it like, could end up it could go way out of your control. It, it could it could <laughs> escalate into a gone girl situation. So mm-hmm. um, know what you're telling her before you tell her anything, I would say. Mm. Gone Girl is an excellent film, Liam. You should watch it. You should read the book as well. It's by Gillian Flynn, who we've mentioned before, friend of the podcast. She wrote Sharp Objects. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was so, um, obviously, I haven't read the book, but it's obviously so gripping that they made, the book was written in 2012, the film is 2014. Mm. So it was what one of those instant, this is a film. She's a very good writer, Gillian Flynn. She wrote the script as well, the screenplay. And there's a brilliant episode of Lessons from the Screenplay on mm. YouTube, which is a fantastic YouTube channel. You should watch it, Carl, yeah. being a, a film, film guru. 
this guy basically analyzes screenplays mm. and says what worked about them, what didn't work and stuff. And he's really good. He's got a nice voice and he's very good at analyzing these mm, things. Sounds good. And um, he's a big fan of her screenplay. He says that she writes really well. Like, But that was just a little aside. But my point, Carl, is almost exactly the same as yours. I would exercise caution before you do anything because, as you say, cheating is wrong. And if this guy is cheating, fuck him. No, oh, don't fuck him because that's it just adds cheat you more then. Stop, stop fucking him. <laughs> um, but you say in your problem, Witters, that I think my friend's husband might be cheating. I've never really trusted him anyway. So mm. you were looking for a reason, it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> but I recently passed the restaurant where I could swear I saw him. Don't so even know. what do I want to say yeah. is be sure before you do anything. Aaron's good because- at analysing the problem. I just read it and think, oh, cheating. Well, this is my mm. Lessons from the Problems uh, <laughs> YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, They're really well written. But <laughs> <laughs> it might be that this bloke is leading a double life. So here's my example. The Best a Man Can Get by John O'Farrell. In The Best a Man Can Get by John O'Farrell, Michael has got a wife called Catherine and he's got two kids, but he's also got a flat a short distance away from their house, which he shares with Paul, Simon and Jim. He spends his days in this flat just dossing around, basically, like a student, living the life of a lad, 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 lad. Because, you know, he's escaping his boring, responsible life back home. And it's a comedy novel from 2000, which probably wouldn't be that funny anymore because it's a bit of a lad, 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 lad culture, you know, thing, which isn't really funny anymore. But, and that's what the Goodreads reviews imply. It won't surprise you to hear that I have not read this book. So. <laughs> um, but the point is, when his double life is exposed, his wife, his, wife, his wife uses the fridge magnets to write out the word wanker and leaves him. Nice. And um, he has to decide whether... That's not strong know, enough, is it? Wanker. No. Wanker. You're a wanker. My wife's going to be a wanker all the time. Yeah. She does, it's like the other extreme from mm. Gongo, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's just mildly called him a wanker and walked out. She hasn't plotted for months. No. Maybe she did. <laughs> what what words should I use? <laughs> yeah. The point being, when a double life is exposed, both of those lives will potentially be destroyed. So, in this case, if he never was leading a double life, what you're going to do is drop the bomb, walk off... And then he might, you might have actually been wrong. Mm. Like you didn't see him in the restaurant. So what I'm going to say is that you should make sure, make 100% sure before you do anything. Because if it definitely was him, I think you should expose him and let his wife take it, you know, take and whatever course of action she thinks is reasonable. And to make sure you can see... <laughs> yeah, the fridge magnets You, you can see previous episodes where we, um, we give you advice on how to expose the rat. Mm. So, you know, you can get use- Jack Nicholson involved. Yeah, he's a rat. And uh, Ratatouille. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, this isn't a fantastic example because I haven't read the book as usual. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it's not quite the same situation. But I did want to mention it because in August this year, it was this book was featured in the Metro because of a story in which this guy bought a copy from a charity shop of this book and there was a note inside it, handwritten note saying, Chris, is this what you thought you could do with me? Lead a double life with your so-called recreational relationships, leaving me completely unaware, bringing up our children and thinking you were just a workaholic and that's why you were 
away from home so much. What a bastard you have been to me, Sarah. I like the fact that she signed off with her name. (laughs) So that he knew which one. Also, also at worst, he's got a book out of this, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. She bought him a present. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. She bought him a book. It's a bit like writing Wanker on the Fridge. It's quite a mild act of revenge, isn't it? Have this book, you bastard. She she wrapped it up, like in Wrecking Ball. So, um... (laughs) That's an example from real life and fiction in one package there. That is a great example. Before you destroy their marriage, potentially. And your friendship. Yeah, make 100% mm. sure. Mm. So I, I'm also going to advocate exercising caution, but for slightly different reasons. This is a song that was introduced to me only very recently by none other than... Aaron. Um, Aaron. <laughs> That's your name, thanks. I forgot. <laughs> um, it's a song called Nobody No Crime by Taylor Swift featuring Haim or Taylor Swift and Haim. I'm not sure how they uh, released it. Something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, it's a tune though. It's from 2021 as well. I think it's the first song we've Ooh. had from 2021. We're Ooh. finally in <laughs> this year. I'm going to have to um, wait till next year to broadcast this episode now, aren't I? Just <laughs> you are, to yeah. keep us <laughs> keep us on, on theme. <laughs> and I think this is actually a really good song and it's not often I find these days that you hear a song that not only is it quite enjoyable to listen to, but tells a good story as well. I love I, a song that tells a good story. Am I right in story. thinking they wrote or helped her write a lot of her last album? Is that right? Or they Possibly. They're very good friends. Yeah, I, I saw know. on the T-Swiss. Brit Awards, they were there supporting Taylor Swift. Mm. As an aside, I bloody love Haim. I think they're brilliant. They're sisters, You've right? Yeah. mentioned them on the podcast before. Oh, yeah. right. I'll, I'll do it again. And how much you loved them. Okay. Uh, that, what, was it on the podcast or was it in the, um, the thing where we talked about... In the behind-the-scenes documentary. <laughs> <laughs> the, the blog post we did where we talked about stuff we'd listened to recently oh possibly I don't yeah. know it was in the bath and we were all in the bath wasn't it <laughs> getting our scuba diving qualifications <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and, and you know I love a song that tells a good story that's what I was saying earlier assuming it is a story I think about this quite often you don't you don't get many pop songs these days that tell a story do you they're mm. just like oh I want you to stick it in me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know if this is uh what, what radio stations have you been listening to? <laughs> <laughs> I, this might expose us too much, but um, I was having a go at Liam's job and looking at music, for examples, and a lot of songs are just gibberish, aren't they? Yeah. And they meaningless crap. So yeah. Liam's job is quite hard. Sometimes they have titles that sound like they're going to be spot on. Yeah. And when you look at the words, you're like, what are you talking about? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so this, this song, Nobody No Crime, it's a story about... It's about Taylor Swift's friend, Esty, whose husband seems to be cheating on her and Esty's pretty certain of this and she says she's going to call him out but plot twist dun 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 Esty suddenly goes missing fuck and just to make it more suspicious her husband mistress moves into the house immediately afterwards so oh shit you got to ask yourself in this situation ooh scandalous (laughs) what's that from I don't know. Know. Recess. Ah, <laughs> I do remember that actually. actually yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you when um Oh you blow me away with your cultural references sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Randall in Recess mm. was a lot like Randall in Monsters Inc. Have you ever noticed that? That is very yeah, they've got the same kind of yeah, yeah posture. Do you reckon Randall in Monsters Inc. was based on Randall from Maybe. Recess? Do you remember when Spinelli become an Ashley? No. It rocked the world. <laughs> I have no idea remember, what you're um, talking about. Do you remember when Liam was making a point? 
<laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, me neither. Might something, be a dream. Something, he said something about recess, didn't he? <laughs> Carry on, recess. Go on. <laughs> right, let's recap because I feel like we've gone miles away. Mrs. Finster. <laughs> Estee's husband was cheating. She suspects something. She says she's going to call him out. Estee then goes she goes missing. missing. You've got to ask yourself in this situation WWTTD, what would Tay Tay do? Tay 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 Tay, yeah. And I think the solution is obvious. Carl, do you know what she does? Burns the house down. Not quite. Uh, she kills him, takes him out in a boat and drops a body into an undescribed body of water. And I was thinking, probably a good idea not to describe the body of water because just in case it is true, oh, fine. people yeah. are going to know where she did it, right? I'm not suggesting so, that at all. So she kills her friend's husband for her? Mm. Fuck. To get revenge for him murdering his that's wife. that's the whole nobody... Oh, because she, she usually said she disappeared, but she's... Is she the dead? implication is that he's mm. killed her. Yeah. How long is his song? Three minutes or so? Yeah. yeah, it's very good, isn't it? <laughs> but that's you, should, whole, no, you should listen to it. It's good. Yeah. Nobody, no crime. She's saying you'll never find the body, so yeah. I'll, I'll get away with it. Like he thought he got away with it. Exactly. Mm. And it just so happens that his mistress has just bought a life insurance policy for him. So even though Tay Tay did it, the police think his mistress did it. Oh, Tay Tay, you scandalous! <laughs> <laughs> recess. Yeah. <laughs> Dreamer recess. <laughs> So yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying we didn't give Val Pickle a name, did we? Uh, yeah, it was Witters. Oh, Witters. Yeah, it was a long time ago now. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 40 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm not saying that Witters should should kill him. Um, I don't think we can condone murder here at Agony Art. No. Can we? No, I've never condoned murder. Right. No, I don't think we should do that. That's a probably a tiny step too far. But what I would say is do exercise caution and do look out of your. Look, Look out of your window. Look out your window. And look out for your friend. Mm. Um, because if she does agree with you and tries to confront him, you don't want to go and miss him. So maybe if she does say, I'm going to confront him, suggest she gets a third party to witness it or something like that. Mm. You know, I don't know. You don't want to go and miss him. adjudicator. You don't want to have to get the boat out. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you could send him a link to Nobody No Crime with a winky smiley. Just a to, VR code. Yeah, just to maybe... VR code tattoo what of the song yeah. takes you to Spotify yeah. <laughs> and what get him to take a picture of you and then it pops up on his phone camera <laughs> this is convoluted <laughs> no, but it's got to be convoluted because if he knows that you know then you might be putting yourself in danger if you know he knows you know <laughs> you can preempt that though you can yeah yeah but if he knows that you know that he knows oh you know that he knows <laughs> do you remember when we talked about giant rats in the last episode about uh, the siege of Leningrad Oh, yeah. yeah. Rats come up a lot, don't they? <laughs> Carl hasn't listened to a word you've been saying. He's just been thinking about rats and recess. So, Carl, in this time, have you figured out why Hollywood love rats? <laughs> no. <laughs> I had a dream it was a curious thing A wonderful podcast presenters problem solved for me They helped me with my miserable life I had a fresh new start but alas, when I awoke, all I could find was agony on. All right, well. Good, good stuff, Liam. I think we can move on to problem three. I love going to parties, loosening up with a few good pints and having a dance and a laugh with my mates. But whenever I drink, even if it's just enough to get tipsy and not completely drunk, I wake up the next day with black spots in my memory. Whole chunks of time that I can't account for. And recently, 
I can't seem to contain the worry that I might have said or done something bad during those black spots, and I just can't remember it. It makes me not want to have fun anymore, because I know that I just spend the whole of the next day worried about what I've done and what people will think of me. Is there a way to cure this that doesn't involve giving up parties? I get this so bad. I was going to say that. I know. Yeah, this uh, reminded me of you, Aaron. Yeah. Mm, they call it the fear. the fear. And I've got it a little bit today. Lily Allen. I'm a little bit hungover. Yeah, Lily Allen's fear. Yeah. <laughs> you should just get a Lily Allen. <laughs> um, were you out last night then, or drinking indoors? I only went to my mum's, and there were only family members there. Yeah, so what could have gone wrong? So I just, exactly, and I... Yeah, but your mum goes off, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Yeah, it's just as soon as I have a few drinks, to be fair, there's not even any black spots from last night, but I still wake up thinking, what could I have said last mm. night? I, and I'm um, not even that hungover, like I wasn't pissed out of my face. I, I have a recent um, issue with, with this as well, at, um, my sister-in-law's wedding. Like, yeah, I had a, well, I had to, to, to actually make it better for myself, I had to determine the amount of time that I don't remember. And it turns out it's probably about 45 minutes. And then I thought, well, what could have gone wrong in 45 minutes? <laughs> what destruction can I cause yeah, in yeah. 45 minutes? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the next day I was like, fuck. Because I, I intended to be like really good at the wedding. Like, you know, I want to remember it, I want to have fun. And I just got shit faced and don't remember anything really. <laughs> well, once you get past a certain number of beers or yeah. whatever drinks, this is wine. You start whiskey. thinking, I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm going to have yeah. more. I'm yeah. going to have more fun. Yeah. And more drink. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's usually yeah. about two beers for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does, I find it depends so, who I'm with though, because I haven't really got like properly, can't remember what happened for quite a few years, but. Mm. Uh, like weddings, your especially wedding, when it's your people, wedding was one of mine. Yeah, especially like when it's me. people I'm really close to. It's like mm. that's when I just lose all inhibition and go for it. Actually, yeah. Aaron's wedding, I forgot that I had a two portions of the hog roast. <laughs> I forgot that there was a hog roast. Someone the next day said, "Did you have the hog roast?" But no, that would be good. When you had two burgers at once, I was like, "Ah, okay." <laughs> Sorry, my wife said, <laughs> "I'll beep it." Yeah. <laughs> So we can call this one Carl then, <laughs> since uh, it happens a lot to me. Yeah, it seems. Yeah. So I, Carl. Hmm. Yeah. No, I'm addressing the problem yes, writer. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, Carl, um, you can be the problem writer, and you can just respond yeah. to everything Aaron says. Being the book guy, I thought it's a shame, really, that writers haven't got a reputation as being a load of drunks. And then I was like, Oh, wait a minute, they have. <laughs> <laughs> so I found some writers. Who had can we similar see issues? Guess who you've got? Yeah, go Hemingway. No, Larkin. I didn't want to do Hemingway because he's the obvious one. He was uh, a massive drunk. Charles Bukowski. He is in there. Yeah. Yes. Stop it now, because you're right, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the first example I want to use is by is Robert Burns, the Scottish poet. Rabbi Burns. Yeah. Who wrote to someone in 1791? Is he so, the only writer to have a knight named after Burns Knight? Like, who else has a public holiday? Guy uh, Fawkes. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote to someone in 1791 saying this, and this is a sick letter. Madam, I dare say this is the first epistle you ever received from this netherworld. I write you from the regions of hell amid the horrors of the damned. The time and manner of my leaving your earth I do not exactly know. As I took my departure in the heat of a fever of intoxication contracted at your too hospitable mansion. But, on my arrival here, I was fairly tried, 
and sentenced to endure the purgatorial tortures of this infernal confine for the space of twenty-nine years, eleven months, and twenty-nine days, and all on account of the impropriety of my conduct yesterday under your roof. He's proper sad about how he behaved the night before. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> I'm going to uh, put a link in to... It's on Google Books. This I think it's like a collection of letters, but... So Robert Burns felt that pain. I thought you were going to say he wrote the letter while he was drunk. And I was, no. I was about to say bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it while he was asleep. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the rest of the letter is him snoring. So it's not a new phenomenon then. No, exactly. 1791, people were feeling the fear. Bridget Jones by Helen Fielding. She gets worried when she wakes up with a hangover. She hides in her room under a duvet and obsesses over her attractiveness and love life, which is really what the whole books are about and films starring Renee Zellweger. In Paradise by A.L. Kennedy, Hannah Luckcraft enjoys drinking till she blacks out, but she later says, Inside... I am mostly built out of remorse. Just like you, Carl. Charles Bukowski. He's got a pretty strong reputation, as you say, Liam, for being a heavy drinker. Quote from him, Sometimes you climb out of bed in the morning and you think, I'm not going to make it. But you laugh inside, remembering all the times you've felt that way. And he said something which might help you, Carl. He said, Some people never go crazy. What truly horrible lives they must lead. So from that, maybe you can think, The hangovers might be bad. But the good times were pretty good. But you don't remember them. No. But you remember some of it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do, yeah. And people tell you. <laughs> yeah. It's very rare that you've actually done something terrible. Exactly, yeah. Really rare, actually. But I'm going to give you an example of when someone did something terrible. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> There's a short story collection I've mentioned before. It's by Aaron Kane Heineman. It's called Removed Without Warning. Oh, that guy. <laughs> did, you do, did you do this in series one? Possibly, yeah. yeah. It doesn't you matter. Better done. You can't have it doesn't matter if it was series. the last episode. <laughs> I'm still going to use it. <laughs> what a great writer that guy is. One of the stories, Blood, involves a man waking up after a heavy night of drinking with a really bad hangover. And we join him as he's slowly waking from his slumber and he notices that his hands and his bedsheets are all covered in blood. And he's got no memory of what he's done or what happened the night before he's got no cuts on him so his blood isn't this blood doesn't seem to be his and he's got no idea what he's done basically and we the story follows him as he tries to piece together the events of the previous night and he's facing you know twists and turns and roadblocks along the way and what's the advice well in that story the protagonist turns to his friends for reassurance he texts them he calls them he says basically what the fuck happened last night so maybe you should just reassure yourself with that. I mean, when I get the fear, I don't want to speak to people in case they're furious with me. <laughs> but maybe you should just face up to them, Carl, the morning after and think and ask rather what happened last night because I'm feeling pretty shitty. Yeah. A little bitty. A little bitty shitty. <laughs> a little bitty pretty shitty. <laughs> I'm very impressed with these new authors. I don't know where they get their ideas from. Oh, yeah. I know, yeah. What a fantastic generation of authors. Maybe it's their own life experiences. Right, so, Aaron, you you say that, you know, maybe just ask people. Um, you say. And I'm, I'm assuming the implication there is if you have done something wrong, then you probably should, like, apologise or something. Or You thought about that far? Oh, no, I haven't 
cross that bridge when you get to it. First of all, just find out what happened so that you can reassure yourself that nothing bad did happen. If something bad did happen, I've got no idea what you do. You just cry. <laughs> <laughs> just keep crying. Oh, that's good because the music industry does have some lessons for that. To be honest, if it teaches anything, it's more that you shouldn't worry about what you've done in the past because you can always just apologise and everything will work out fine. And there's quite a few examples of this. We're going to focus on one here, which is by you 2 What, us two? <laughs> you two. Remember when you recorded that song? <laughs> that was great, though, wasn't it? I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry for what I did last night. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to do it, though, but my, my behaviour was shy. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you record that? Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> well, when... Irish rock band U2. Do I have to pre- prefix it with that every time? So, yeah, bon- <laughs> Bono and Co. Uh, recorded The Joshua Tree in 1986. Bono reportedly missed his wife, Ali Hewson's birthday, because he had to be in the studio. So he wrote a song as a birthday present instead. Recorded it as a B-side. A B-side! Oh, anyway. What's a shit present as well? <laughs> fuck off. I'm not that sorry. When you're good at something, yeah. Can you imagine, like, it's like if you're a footballer, I'll score a goal for you. There you go. Have a <laughs> you got to do it anyway, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a B-side to Where the Streets Have No Name in 1987, and the song was called Sweetest Thing. You know the song? Oh, the sweetest thing. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm sorry I missed your birthday. I'm just I'm a messy prick. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you might remember, it was later released as a single in 1998. Yeah, it was a lot later. Was a it? lot later. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a YouTube song, really, does it, either? No, it's really different. Especially when you consider the Joshua Tree was like pretty, they were pretty strong. Pretty U2, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, very U2. Sweetest thing is a pop song, really. Mm, It is. I I remember even being, when did it come out? 98, so. I remember being 10 thinking, this doesn't sound like a YouTube song. (laughs) (laughs) Very astute for a 10 year old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, when I found out that when that video was released in 1998 mm. it had already been released as a b-side 11 years earlier i was a bit unimpressed a bit cheeky like, isn't it is she, she's presumably over it by now mm. so what's the point maybe you missed another birthday <laughs> maybe he did yeah. maybe he did it every year oh by the way i wrote this song for you you never heard it before i promise <laughs> i made the video for you i took um, it all the way from b-side to a-side <laughs> for you i think she might have clocked onto this though because one one nice fact about that video is she didn't want to be in it, but she said to Bono she would appear in it if they denoted, denoted, if they donated all the profits to the Chernobyl Children's Project charity, which provides assistance to children in remission from cancer and other ailments that resulted from the nuclear disaster. Oh, wow. Oh, so she was nice. like, nice I'll only be in it, it if you make a charity thing out of it. And he was like, yeah, well, And he said, fuck you, no. And it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not a tribute to That's her anymore. That's why she's not in the video. <laughs> 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 um, but to be honest, some artists wouldn't even bother with an apology. I mean... So you could even take a leaf out of Gary Barlow's book and say, whatever I said, whatever I did, didn't mean it. (laughs) (laughs) I remember being a kid hearing that song and going, that is not an apology. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. Look, get over it. Whatever I said, whatever I did, I didn't mean it. Just, I want you back, all right? It's it's like the, um, the apology, which is the same as... We can have six, if you like. Don't have to. Only joking. Yeah, only joking. <laughs> yeah, just joking. Yeah. <laughs> it's the apology version of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it might not sound sincere, but it was good enough to get him to number one for four weeks. So, <laughs> um, there are a lot of films about memory loss. Memento. Like, Memento. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, yeah, but that's not loss. Voluntary. He pays to yeah, loss. <laughs> get that removed. Yeah, to- he, want, he is lost because he wants it back. Oh yeah. 
Total Recall. Whatever I said, whatever I did, I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first one that sprang to mind was Memento for this one, but then I've seen it once and I reread the <laughs> and plot. And I didn't remember it. <laughs> Basically, I was like, I can't fathom the plot from like reading about it anymore. Is I've, it um, Guy Pierce? Yeah, and, it's a Christopher uh, Nolan film. Yeah, I loved that film when I saw it. Yeah, it's uh, it's I liked it's, it. The thing it, is, it's shot backwards, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's he's black got, and white and then colour, isn't it? Yeah. And then they're different. Well, he's got time a passages. memory condition, so they shoot it. Mm from his perspective so you don't know what ha- what's happened either and you find out as the film goes on yeah and so I just felt can I explain this on the podcast and I thought no <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's an early it's very early Christopher Nolan isn't it and he, he's always playing with time isn't he mm. to the point of Tenet which so, so. makes absolutely fucking no sense <laughs> <laughs> um, Cypher from the Matrix isn't it <laughs> is he I know this isn't steak Ignorance I think he might play a I don't know, I can't remember. I won't, I won't spoil it. It's a great film. So. He plays Ralphie in... Um, he plays one of the Polaroids. <laughs> <laughs> he lived as a Polaroid for a year to prepare for the role. <laughs> um, so there's another famous one, uh, The Born Identity, 2002. Oh, yeah. Directed by Doug Liman, based on the Robert Ludlum books. Yes, mm. I read those. Mm. I really enjoyed them at the time. Yeah, I've never read them. I always fancied them, though. Mm. Um, so you'll probably know uh, it's a classic, ac- classic action film it kind of redefined action films 2002 mm. is a long time ago guys. it made action films cool yeah they <laughs> were that they were like <laughs> they weren't Arnie blowing shit up anymore it was like mm. fairly slight guy at Matt Damon back then um, doing like proper hand to hand combat stuff and uh, you know really good it wax on wax off wax, wax in his balls <laughs> <laughs> That's the bit in the criteria that they didn't show you. Yeah. So uh, Matt Damon plays uh, Jason Bourne. He's found adrift by fishermen with two gunshot wounds. And he's completely unaware of who he is. Um, the line I always, always, I say always remember, it's the line I think of, don't really know it, but off by heart, but it's, um, I can tell you license plate numbers of all six cars outside. I can tell you that our waitress is left-handed and the guy sitting at the counter weighs 215 pounds. Who knows how to handle himself? I know the best place to look for a gun is the cab of the grey truck outside. And at this altitude, I can run flat out for half a mile before my hands start shaking. Now, why would I know that? How can I know that and not know who I am? It's a pretty sick line, isn't it? Mm. Um, so he knows some. He's no. He knows he's hot shit, but doesn't know <laughs> who he is. Yeah. Um, so he spends the whole movie trying to work out who he is, essentially. And so I think this is what you should do: just piece together the night mm. with people that know. Um, he doesn't even know who he knows so he's got a bigger problem than you at least you know who your friends are unless you completely back that <laughs> you don't know who you don't know no, but if you are Jason Bourne it's mm. a bit dangerous to do that because don't they come and try and kill him well this is it he actually finds out that he, he finds out who he is and finds out he isn't who he is <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a bit so which spawns a couple of sequels which is quite good for him but, yeah. um, <laughs> it's good for Matt Damon's career yeah. it is yeah um, but, but you're right yeah he finds out some um pretty shifty stuff but actually like he saves not the world but kind of the CIA if you like um, by bringing down Treadstone what is Treadstone he keeps going to everyone yeah. like, I don't fucking know Matt Damon <laughs> why are you asking me I'm just watching yeah. <laughs> um, I also remember that uh, I think it's in the second one he speaks other languages he goes Pamela Landy bitter just always remember that. that that's like, what I remember from the books. There was mm. like I remember there being so much French in it, and that was one of the reasons I liked it because I was a bit obsessed with French at the time. So I was like, oh, okay, join this, yeah, really good. Mm. So if you remember like French, when, read this. Do you remember when Liam used to walk around with a French stick all the time and a beret on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> covered in garlic? <laughs> um, 
yeah, so peace to give the night. And, uh, you know, like you say, like I did, I fathomed that my black spot was probably 40 minutes and I was probably on a dance floor. I remember dropping the bride. <laughs> and that's probably the worst thing I did, but she was all right, so yeah, she survived. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, she's still in hospital, but she's fine. She's still married, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've basically got similar messages, haven't we? Me and you, Carl, we're piecing together the night and finding out what we did, and then after that, you can follow that up with Liam's recommendation. If you didn't do anything bad, you haven't got anything to apologise for. But if you did, you can say, "Look, whatever I did." I didn't mean it. Just yeah. forgive me, right? Or yeah. record a B-side. <laughs> Get over it. And then do a music video 11 years later. Yeah. And uh, donate the proceeds to charity. Oh. <laughs> End of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is all we have time for today. Carl, uh, not to put you on the spot too much, but yeah. if you had to recommend one piece of art from today's show, what would you pick? Uh, the Karate Kid series of films. Apart from four with Hilary Swank. But the remake is good as well. Mine is going to be something which wasn't even one of my pieces of art. <laughs> that really lessons that, from the Screenplay YouTube oh, channel. Yeah. I really would recommend that. That's really, really good. I'm going to check that out. You should. I think I don't have a choice. It has to be Hamilton if you haven't seen it. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I highly Greatest recommend showman. Greatest Showman, yeah? Yeah. The Greatest Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it then. So you can, uh, you can watch the entirety of The Karate Kid. You can also watch Aaron's YouTube channel, which isn't a book. And <laughs> you can you can listen to the Hamilton soundtrack or go and watch it at the theatre. It's back now. Do it. Well, that's all we got time for today. Check the episode notes or agonyartpodcast.com to find links to all of the media we've mentioned today and for a link to the Agony Art Spotify playlists where you can listen to all of the songs. And if you have a problem you'd like us to attempt to solve, you can reach us on our group Instagram and Twitter accounts. That's at Agony Art Podcast or on the submissions page on our website. As always, I'd like to send a big thanks to our resident agony aunts for their contributions. Thank you, Aaron. De nada. Thank you, Carl. Yopita. <laughs> and thank you, dear listener, for listening. We'll be back next week with more problems to muddle our way through and more entertainment for you to check out. We will see you then. Goodbye. Bye. See you later, alligator. Bye. But I'd suggest keep it light Cause their advice can be shite And they won't be held liable Oh no, not at all Not here But Agony Art Agony Art Agony Art I saw a meme the other day that um, had a picture of an alligator and it said Alligators live for up to a hundred years, which increases the chance that they will see you later. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.